seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. Got to start with a shout out to another wild man of the north. Maybe not quite so north as the other original wild man of the north. Earl over in the Arctic, Arctic lands of Norway, but shout out to Nick Leah up in Alaska, holding it down at the Coast Guard air station out there. So first of all, thanks for your service, my man. It's uh, it's hard work. It's definitely dangerous work. So much appreciated and much thanks. Uh, he sent me some rad patches. Check them out on our, uh, on our Insta stories right now, but just just thinking about it, you know, folks that are in the military or have been in the military, it's something, um, you know, I, I haven't thought deeply about until maybe the last four or five years. But, you know, when, when someone's essentially, you know, when you're, when you're joining the military, you're essentially saying you're ready to die for your, for your countrymen, which, um, is something that. I realize and recognize more and more the gravity of that and how, uh, how meaningful that is. So I think it's really, you know, politics aside, I think anyone that's willing to do that for their friends, neighbors, family, loved ones, people, millions of people, they don't know at all. Just think it's something to recognize and, you know, we should really, um, support and celebrate these, these people. So much appreciate again. This episode, I want to talk on some points sent to me by Earl, the wild man of the north up in Lofoten, Norway. And man, I was thinking about it. I actually, so I'd never met Earl. We'd, uh, we'd Skype several times and he's written a, several articles that are up on the monkey.co website. Definitely check them out. They're awesome. And you get to see what's really cool about him is you get to see the landscape he lives in and I'll never forget one of the first conversations we had was, you know, he moved specifically to this area for adventure and for the wildness. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, this guy, this guy's a wild man. This guy's a monkey. So I, w- I had the opportunity and, and privilege, privilege really to go stay with him. He took me in his home again without, you know, we chatted, but we'd never met. And, uh, I flew over there in February and stayed with him for a week and it was so awesome. Just it's, it's like this area, it's like the edge of the earth. You feel like you're on the edge of the earth and the sun that time of year, you know, the days were pretty short, but you still had these, this amazing just sun color and the way the mountains look, the way the ocean is actually, I went surfing up there in February. That was a trip. But, uh, anyways, Check it out. Norway is a rad country. I don't, you know, who knows when it'll, uh, it'll work out to get back over there, but hopefully soon. But he sent me, he sent me several topics for the podcast. So I've just been kind of going through them and I wanted to mention as well, if you guys, if you're listening, if there's something you'd like to hear about, if you have questions, anything, shoot me a note on Instagram, shoot a note to elders at monkey.co that's monkey.co where else? Facebook. I don't, I don't check a ton, but 
yeah, if you shoot an Instagram or that uh, elders email, that should get to me. And yeah, if you guys have topics, if you have comments, anything, you know, it's a conversation. So I love hearing from you guys. And if there's things you'd specifically like to hear about, let me know. So from the wild man of the North Earl, he wants to know about thoughts on minimalistic approach thoughts on a minimalistic approach to health gains. What can be the least you can do and get a positive change? Great question. And something I've been thinking about a lot, especially since becoming a dad. And now that I've two kids and just time with, you know, the monkey biz trip, my own training. It's just, uh, time is a lot more compressed than it used to be for lack of a better word. So I'll start by mentioning there's a great podcast I listened to. It's on the primal step back from like great podcast episode on the primal endurance podcast. It's with a gentleman named Logan Schwartz. And he's down in Austin, Texas, but he was a basketball coach. He was a division one, um, excuse me. He was a division one strength and con- strength and conditioning, conditioning, <laughs> having trouble speaking right now. Austin, he was a division one strength and conditioning coach down in Texas. And he was talking about how, you know, these athletes that, you know, they're like Greek gods chiseled out of stone. They're ripped, they're jacked, but their health was definitely subpar on that kind of fitness wellness spectrum. So again, they could, they were amazing athletes could do these amazing things, but if you looked at them from a health standpoint, they they weren't necessarily the healthiest people in the world. And what he makes is, you know, as a society, we've looked at athletes and equated great athleticism with great health, which isn't untrue, but it's also just because you're a great athlete, just because someone is a great athlete doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy or that that's, that's a healthy way to train or to live for most people. And he makes, he makes a really good point that a lot of these guys going through these division one programs and then the pros, they're kind of these genetic outliers that yes, they're definitely talented, but it's, it's almost like this, they get through from as a, as a way of attrition. And so essentially I was a division one athlete and our training load was just insane. You know, we were on the field for two to three hours a day, plus the weight room, plus film, plus time in the training room, stretching, icing, all that. So I know for sure I was way overtrained. And because of that, I didn't perform probably at an optimal level had I been doing less volume and more focused skill work. But so on this podcast, what Logan talks about is how really what you need to do is just barely cross. You just need to barely, barely cross what he calls the threshold of adaptation. And so, for example, just to kind of, to give it a numerical example. So let's say your threshold of adaptation is five, just five. That's your threshold. If you do six, you've crossed your threshold. You've crossed your threshold of adaptation and therefore your body had experienced a stress that is then going to adapt to. But he also makes a really important point that if your threshold of adaptation is a five and you do 10, 15 or 50, 
you're not getting, there's no extra benefit to doing all that extra work volume. So, so I think that that threshold of adaptation concept, it's something, it's super important to internalize that, especially if you have limited time to train, because maybe previously you were doing like big volume and you felt like you were, because of that volume, you were getting, you were getting a better result that might not necessarily be true. So again, if your adaptation level, if if like just on a just generic unit level is five, all you need to do is six to see a benefit from that training session. But doing 50 isn't 10 times better than doing six. It's six. It's actually probably detrimental because your body gets overstressed. You accumulate, if you keep doing that, you're going to end up getting to this state of overtraining and your gains are going to flatten out or even decline. So that's something, you know, I listened to that episode. Gosh, it was, it's, it's been a few years now for sure, but it was so insightful to me. And just, you know, when I reflect back on, you know, even high school, honestly, I went to a prep school out in California and it was, it was a very athletic focused school, which it was awesome. But I think the tendency was to, severely overtrained. It was always like, it was about purely about working harder and not working smarter, which I'm not saying you don't need to work hard, but you got to work smart as well. So, you know, we, we were just going to the death, like every training session, every practice. And I definitely felt that accumulated fatigue add up over the season. And, you know, it, uh, even college, you know, same thing. It was, there was never a transition from the way I trained in the off season to in season and with volume loads and recovery and all that. It just, I was always in this kind of like gray area. I never felt that like snappiness and that poppiness. So again, I think if you're compressed for time, you can, you can create situations where you're able to consistently cross that threshold of adaptation and see continual progress. And, you know, another thing I think is important to keep in mind is especially if you've been training for a while, like you have a, you know, let's say five, 10 years of training under your belt, whatever it is, you're not going to lose that fitness. It's not like if you're at, you know, again, using this kind of generic numerical number, let's say you're a level 10 training just on this rant, this gen, generic scale, you're, you're at 10 and it's, you've been training hard consistently for 10 years. If for a month, three months, six months, even a year, you drop your training volume, consistency, intensity below that 10, you're not going to go immediately to a one or a zero. As long as you can do something consistently, you know, you might drop to a nine, maybe an eight, but if you're able to, you know, get back to the previous volume intensity, whatever, you'll easily get back up to that level 10. And I think kind of a good way to think about it is, you know, imagine you take an ice cube out of the freezer, put it in the refrigerator, which is at 33 or 34 degrees. That ice cube's going to take a long time to melt versus if you just leave it out in the hot sun, right? So essentially as long as, even if you're not training it, the intensity, the volume, whatever level you were before you entered, <laughs> I think for Earl, it might be 
being a dad, though, you know, whatever it is, if your, your job becomes more time consuming, if you end up traveling, whatever it is, whatever's taking that time away from training, as long as you can remain consistent and do something, you're going to maintain a pretty high level of fitness, or at least you're going to be able to quickly back, quickly return to that previous state. So something to keep in mind and just, you know, I, I know from personal experience, it can be discouraging when, you know, you notice your gains kind of slowly diminishing and you're like, man, you, you know, maybe it's how many pull-ups can you do? How, what can you squat? What's your mile time? When you, when you actually go out and do it and you see that number drop, you're like, man, it's a, uh, it's kind of a bummer, but you know, I think it's nothing to be discouraged about because you'd be surprised with some focused training, how quickly you can return or get pretty dang close to those previous training levels. So that's uh, you know, I think that's kind of a high level picture of, you know, what's that least amount you can do. Let me just pull this note back up here real quick. Yeah. So like this minimalist approach. And I think too, it's like fitness, health, wellness. It's this, it's this sum of a, a thousand small things, a thousand small habits, right? So maybe you can't train as much, but you can focus more on your diet. You know, maybe you don't have access to a gym, but you have, you know, monkey bars, monkey 360 and isocore, whatever it is, or just your body weight at home. You can still, it's keeping this flexible plastic mind that is able to adapt to your environment and, you know, be creative. I think that's something creativity for fitness movement training. That's something I've been really interested in just as a, it's just a fun personal thing for me. You know, um, it started really when I was a wilderness ranger spent a summer essentially living out in the wild and I was an athlete. So I wanted to keep training and maintain that fitness I'd built in the gym, but you know, there was no gym. So I got creative. I made this kind of like Rocky four gym, out of logs and rocks, did pull-ups on trees, all that good stuff. There's actually, I, I believe it's on our monkey YouTube channel. There's a kind of a video compilation I shot. That would have been back in 2007. Dang. The time flies, man. So yeah, uh, if you want to see, see exactly what I'm talking about, check out that video on our monkey YouTube channel. I think it's youtube.com backslash monkey but I will post a link as well in these show notes. But yeah, I think a part of it is just, it's also your mindset. You know, as long as you're, you're kind of taking every little opportunity for fitness in your daily life, you're going to see it's, it's, it's that cumulative sum of activities that are going to aggregate to lead to gains, outcomes, health, wellness, fitness, whatever your goals are. So, you know, for me, it's just been, I've been fortunate that, I've kind of had it kind of had an intuitive and just a natural affinity towards fitness and movement and, you know, not being afraid to sprint up the stairs or, you know, if I'm at an office, which little side note, man, I, my parents were out visiting last week and my dad was kind of giving me shit how I always said, I don't want to work in an office, but now that I've started my own company, I'm in an office. So trying to, uh, to figure something else out on how to, how to change that. So my point, Oh, what, what I was going to say was, you know, it, 
I don't think most people are willing to, if you're like, you know, kind of a standard office complex, get outside, run sprints in the parking lot or take your shirt off midday, get a little vitamin D or, you know, bring pocket monkey or your bars, throw them over a branch, get a few reps in for a break. So I just think it's, it's the biggest thing is just changing your mindset and your philosophy around fitness, movement, health, and all that. And I think it's just priorities as well. You know, there's just thinking back to last week, you know, a few nights, my wife and I have watched some Netflix Queens Gambit legit makes me want to play chess, which fun fact I was in, I was in an after school chess club. Like, gosh, it was an elementary school. I want to say like fourth grade, but it was cool. You know, I learned a lot and I know how to play chess. So that's fun. But the point I was going to make with watching Netflix, some nights I watch Netflix instead of stretching, rolling out. And those nights that I do take the time to stretch and roll out, I feel way better. I feel just snappier, recovered in the morning. So, you know, again, it's all, it's all these small choices you can make throughout the day that are going to lead to that, that greater outcome. So hopefully that answers your question. Wildman Earl of the North. And, you know, I know I chat with Nick actually earlier. He, uh, I know he has a, a younger child and, uh, I know Earl does. And I know there's a lot of monkeys in this, this boat where we've got jobs, we've got careers, we've got families and, you know, you can't just, uh, spend all day training or at least the time you might've been training previously is, is now occupied. So I think the last thing I'd say is just with kids, you know, they, they, uh, they love it. They love if you can turn it into like a game or, you know, you can do, uh, you can do like squat thrusters with your kid, depending on their age and weight, but essentially like, you know, you hold them under the armpits, which I don't, I wouldn't recommend doing like high volume of this for their sake, but you know, you can like kind of hold them under their armpits, do a squat and then press them over your head with this kind of thruster and they, they freaking love it, man. So just being creative, things like that. Um, I bought my daughter. She, she actually, she loves pocket monkey. It's like the perfect size for her hands. I got her little jump box. So she's been doing some plyometrics and, you know, again, they're kids. So just making it fun. I think you can, uh, you can get them hooked for life versus like the drop and give me 20 mindset. You know, I just don't see that. Uh, ending well for most people. So, but yeah, I think I appreciate this prompt because it's, it's again, making me analyze what I'm doing and, you know, I'm kind of this N equals one experiment trying to share my experience, thoughts, successes, failures with you guys. So hopefully this provides insights and, you know, what works for me might not work for you, but maybe it can at least prompt some concepts, some ideas to do something that makes sense for your personal situation. So thank you monkeys for tuning in. This is the live wild. This is the live wild or die podcast with monkey Dan. And if you could take the time, we'd be eternally grateful if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and yeah, we'll keep the conversation going. Monkey on. Monkey on.